You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to 3 a.m., where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Gassaway. What's the scariest story you have? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking that question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. I am 10% sad. Why? 90% excited. (laughs) (laughs) For you guys. Hey, Wait, why are you excited for us? Because you're going on your trip, bro. Yeah. So, Sean and I are jumping on a plane tomorrow, and we are headed to... Motherfucking Thailand. Yeah. Get some dank-ass pad thai, some sticky-ass mango (laughs) rice. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> mm, tell me more. Mm. Tell me more. <laughs> some sweaty mangoes. <laughs> some dripping pineapple. Uh, oh, and the Philippines and uh, Vietnam, too. Oh, yeah, those places. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that, too. No, but on the real, we are going to Thailand, the Philippines. I'm not going to Vietnam. You're not? No, no. me neither. It's that week three. We're coming home, yeah. 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 MJ's not going either? No, MJ and Janelle are. Yeah, they're okay. going to Vietnam. You are coming. You're the only one who's coming home early. No. No, him I think and all the boys Kevin are, are coming. Coming home early. Yeah. So how long are the girls going to be there? Three weeks. You're going to be there three weeks. Two weeks. Two and a half weeks. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> yeah, but uh, on our list there, though, we are going to Sigihor. Ooh. Oh, are you really? Yeah, Bruh. dog. Tell us, tell the listeners why you're excited. <sighs> no. Just not? What, what do you oh. see when you get off of the boat in Sigihor? Sikihor is a tiny island in the Philippines. And if you've listened to our previous episodes, Sean, Jordan, and I lived in the Philippines for two years. Sikihor was in the vicinity of where we were living for most of the time. We never had a chance to go, but we knew all about it. Basically, Sikihor is a beautiful little island hideaway really overlooked as far as travel goes in the Philippines, but it is famous also 
for witchcraft. <laughs> and when you <laughs> arrive, at, I've seen the picture of this. I, like I said, I haven't been there. But when you arrive at Sikihor, there's a sign that says, Welcome to Sikihor. You get off the boat on yeah, you this little dock in the beautiful beach. Yeah, and you see the sign that says, Welcome to Sikihor, home of like black magic and witchcraft. If you uh, see any witchcraft or black magic, please report to the authorities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like the hot spot in the Philippines for black magic. And Sean and I are going there. We're going to try to get some good photos, maybe visit some places. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like that's my dream for this podcast is that we could go places and, and hunt them ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> ghost hunt or just like just document. Learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then tell it here. Honestly, no. For Charles's uh, bachelor party, um, <laughs> part of it We're was, revealing how nerd ass we are. Yeah, hello. <laughs> I did not. Uh, attend this <laughs> for a part of this we we did it like a ghost tour which was dope in portland in portland yeah so uh, dude if, portland's spooky y'all it's crazy i had no idea i don't think any of us knew before that but portland has like a whole underground system like a that dirty was, history mm-hmm. yeah well the it, it's basically like what do you call it like a water waterway basically the city would get flooded and they built this underground system to like take that water right yeah so that the city wouldn't get flooded anymore. But after some time in like the early 1900s, they used it for human trafficking, sex yeah. trafficking. And it was like apparently a heavy, huge business. Yeah, yeah. Um, real underground and prostitutes or sex workers were beat and some apparently died down there. Mm-hmm. So that was part of a <laughs> that part was of our tour. Party. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we went and got our haircuts earlier and the barbers were like, oh, you guys going to go out and party, get smashed? And we're like, yeah, kind of, <laughs> except not. <laughs> we're going to go do a ghost tour, dog. <laughs> Dude, they probably would have been down still. They'd we just like, didn't oh, want to. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Secretly, they're like, oh, I'm jealous. But they gave us these little, like, um, these little meters that read, like, electromagnetic. What are those called? Uh, I forgot. Uh, Geiger. <laughs> Geiger counter. <laughs> Isn't that for radioactivity? Aren't yeah, the, it is. Aren't those thermometers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. Barometer? Uh, <laughs> compass. Speedometer. <laughs> yeah, so we were using our speedometers and they were going crazy. Like uh, mm. They were like pinging sometimes red, which means a, a ghost was like right up on us. Yeah, a presence. <laughs> dude, yeah. they believe that there was a portal. Did they believe there was a portal in Portland? Yeah, that's where she took us and we were all like sticking our things out in the air. <laughs> Okay, when you say things, kind of... Our speedometers. And then we put out our barometers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a portal to other like portals throughout that. the world. That was yeah. in the like parking lot, That right? little parking lot, yeah, yeah, where they have photo evidence of supernatural activity. Yeah, the, that the tour guide, she was like, yeah, there is a portal here. And if you stand in this specific spot, you'll notice that your meter will be raging. Yeah. And Get a raging meter. She, I did. She, I remember she had photos of it. It was yeah. like a pillar of light in that, like at night. A, it was like brighter than the sun. <laughs> exactly <laughs> over our heads. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, how do we get on the subject of bachelor party? We're just talking about uh our our dream for this uh, oh, podcast. Yeah. One of our dreams is to go to places and learn about some of these things. Yep, so Sean and I are, are doing that a little bit. We're going to Sikihor, Sikihor, the haunted island, home of voodoo and black magic in Philippines. 
So we're going to go, t- Sean speaks the language, so we're going to go try to talk to people and maybe, I don't know, see if we can get some stories or some anything stories, like that. Yeah, that would be great. And then uh, we are also working on another plan to go down to Savannah, Georgia mm-hmm. and see what we can find down there. We trying to, you know, we trying to hunt the ghosts, like I said. <laughs> we just want to say thanks to everyone. We've like, we basically, we made this podcast for ourselves and we've gotten a lot of love from a lot of people out there. It helps us so much when like people subscribe or like download the episodes and it, I don't know, it's just kind of humbling. I didn't think it's weird when like you are talking to people you haven't talked to in a long time and they're like, Hey, I listened to you, you talk for two and a half hours straight. About or they space. try and quote you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What is that so, from? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Thanks guys for real. Yeah. No, it is funny when people try to quote us or quote me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What Do are you, you talking about? Yeah. Which episode? We talked about so many things. It's like, <laughs> next time, if you quote me, come with your annotations, bro. <laughs> yeah. Can I get that bibliography? I know. <laughs> episode 204, 40 minutes in. <laughs> no, we're just playing. No, we love and appreciate all of our listeners so far. Subscribing and downloading our if you want episodes. Support. If you want to support, that helps a lot. Also, ratings as well. And tell a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah telling a friend. Or do whatever the F you want. But. Yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, my name's Charlie. This is Sean. And I am DJ. And you guys might notice that there's a fourth person not here. And Jordan moved away for the summer. He's getting ready to possibly further his education and do a master's program. So he will be missed. One thing I loved about Jordan was his 100% enthusiasm for every story. You know what I mean? Like, I get tired, and sometimes I, like, sit back and take a break, but I felt like every story he was in it. True. No, that <laughs> yeah. kid is full throttle all the time when it's with other people. Like fully torqued. Yeah, fully torqued. <laughs> <laughs> now, on the real, Jordan is always just very enthusiastic about people. Hmm. He's, like, the person's... What's the, what's the word where you, like, advocate? He's, like, the person's advocate. Or yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. And and I think honestly in storytelling, the art of storytelling, just as important as telling the story is like listening. Because mm-hmm. when you are telling a story and I lock eyes with like one of you guys and I can tell you're in the story, like mm-hmm. that energy just feeds. Yeah. And Jordan was always a safe one to look to and get his honest reaction and <laughs> his so if input. You, if you felt low on energy, you look at Jordan, he's ready to serve you up some energy. You know what I mean? <laughs> We used to DJ back in the day and it was sort of that same type of thing where it's like if the crowd was into it, that energy is just like everything. You know what I mean? Mm. So like, thanks for all the energy you guys have given us. So here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) We left our jar. (laughs) Yeah, our jar. We moved studios. We are no longer in the cabin. We are in the basement. Another undisclosed location referred to as the basement first rule about the basement is don't talk about the basement second rule is what happens in the basement stays there (laughs) and then we put it out on a podcast (laughs) (laughs) no yeah uh we forgot our jar but we do have a question nonetheless that we thought of and here it is best mainstream chain burger joint shake shack Really? Shake Shack. i choose in and out over shake i love shake shack but but i'm also about five guys Bruh, five, five guys, guys have expensive. Went down in my book for me. Why, dude? They all the burgers I've gotten have been dry, dude. 
I feel like their bacon is crisp. Their bacon is their crunchy. bacon is crisp. They I have like the best. <laughs> they have my favorite fries, dude. Those Cajun fries. Oh. Fire. It's like, can I get a small and a wheelbarrow to carry that out? <laughs> <laughs> they give you a whole bag. They do do fries well. Do do. <laughs> In and out though. Dude, there's something about the smoke shack. <laughs> we could we should just do a fast food <laughs> podcast. Cause I <laughs> I'm like gearing up to talk about this for like an hour right now. The smoke shack at Shake Shack is so lit. Uh, it's so good. Smoke Shack? Is that like a barbecue one? No, it's like cheese, but they, they got they, that bacon on there, and they got the barbecue sauce. Do they like, have barbecue sauce? I don't, not on that one, but no. they have chi- these chilies that just like have the best taste. Mm. Mm. It's mm. so good. Shake Shack has a peanut butter sauce that you can put on. Oh yeah, bacon we tried that one time. It's actually not bad. Never had it. Secret menu. Anyway, second segment of our show, we roll our twenty-sided die to see who shares their story first. This week, we have no die to roll. (laughs) So, by default, the lowest class citizen goes first. Charles? Yo. yo. That Hapanesso boy. That guy Jean. (laughs) That outsider. All right. So, last week, I told all the stories about Haiti and about the Dominican Republic in Haiti and voodoo in Haiti, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this is another one of those stories that I didn't have time to finish. So, like I mentioned before, Haiti is an island that's split in half. And on one side is Haiti and the other side is the DR, Dominican Republic. And one of my cousins who I looked up to my entire life, he did like a service missions trip in the DR, right? And so in the DR, like I went down there a couple months ago, hella Haitians just running around. And the DR, they're like super nice people. Half of them are from Haiti and they like go back and forth. And so voodoo is very much a real thing in the DR as well, right? Same island. Yeah. So he's living there. He doesn't speak the language. So he had to learn Spanish is what they speak in the DR. And he goes down there and he's trying to learn the culture. He's trying to learn the language. And when you first start that missions trip with your church or that service trip, usually they put you with someone who has more experience, who has been there a long time, maybe like a year, who knows the language, who can kind of show you the ropes, right? So he's going around and he's having a terrible time. It's hot. It's not comfortable. It doesn't feel like home. He doesn't know, understand anything anyone's saying to him. Is that his first time outside of the country? (laughs) I think so, probably. So probably a bit of culture shock too. Definitely. Yeah. And the DR, if you like, it's pretty hood. Like there's not a lot. If you're not in like main cities, there's not street lights. You know, when it's dark, it's dark. Me and my wife went down there a month or two ago and we got an Airbnb that was off the beaten path, you know, wasn't on like the main strip near the beach. And we had to walk home at night and it was, it was kind of scary dog. Like we'd be walking through these alleys and you know, brothers from the DR are pretty dark. So you wouldn't see them until they like moved. And I'm like, <laughs> damn, what the, what? I was there, bro. <laughs> I was like, DJ. <laughs> yeah, two months ago when Charles and his wife was in the DR. <laughs> I'm yellow boy. I take my clothes off in the desert. You can't see me. <laughs> Way to go. Anyway, so alcoholism is pretty prevalent. And if you have altercations, you know, you handle it with the bush knife or machete. So you'll see people without arms or like massive scars and stuff like that. There's wild dogs that run around. I don't know. It's just different, you know? So he's out and about and they were trying to just like help people. 
in the community. And another thing that happens in the DR is rolling blackouts. So all the time the power would just go out. Oh, okay. So if you're out there, they advise you like carry a flashlight, you know, hmm. or something. Cause you know, the power could go out. You have no idea when it would come back on. And so they're walking and they had decided to go to this one house and just see if there was anyone there they could help. And they walk up to it. And this is during a blackout. And this house is just a square front, just a flat front. And they walk up to the door and the older, my cousin, the guy he was with, he goes up and knocks on the door. And my cousin just kind of sits in the back and does what he always did, which was just try to understand what the heck was happening, right? And so the older guy knocks on the door and the door swings open and it's pitch black inside. And my cousin kind of looks up and he just sees the silhouette of a child standing in the doorway. Facing him? Mm-hmm. And he's just looking up out of the out of the doorway. And so the older guy, he explains, you know, hey, we're here. You guys need any help or anything? Like we're a part of the community, blah, blah, blah. He's speaking in Spanish. My cousin's just picking up a word here or there, not really understanding anything. And the kid just stares at him, doesn't say anything. And then finally, the older guy with my friend, he goes in Spanish like, are your parents home? And the kid just stares. He goes, how about your dad? Is your dad home? And the kid's eyes just get wide. And he takes like two steps back into the dark house. And as this is happening, my cousin said he was sitting there. And my cousin's super logical. Like he's not like woo woo at all. So he said he's sitting there and all of a sudden he gets a feeling and he looks to the left of the house. And on the left of the house, there's a big like bush plant. And he's staring at this bush. And as he's staring at it, he gets like an overwhelming feeling that there's a man behind the bush with a machete. And he said it wasn't like a normal feeling, like it filled him with terror. And it wasn't like a thought, like what if he knew that there was a man standing behind the bush and in his head, he hears like leave. And the older guy is talking to the kid mid sentence, trying to like talk to him. Like, is there anything we, and he stops and he turns to my cousin and goes, do we need to leave? And my, and my cousin like breaks. He like looks away from the plant, looks at him, looks back at the plant. And he's like, wait, what? And he's like, do we need to leave? And he just shakes his head. And the guy grabs my cousin and they sprint away. Holy cow. And he was like, did you feel something back there? My cousin's like, yeah. And he's like, I, I felt it too, but I felt like you felt it first. And he's like, yeah, I think, think that dad was behind the bush and he was going to hurt us. And he goes, if you ever feel something and I don't tell me, because if that happens, we need to go. And honestly, he told me that. And that's like why I have my rule. And that's why that's Mm -hmm. a part of the reason why we have our rule. It's like, if one of us feels it, like sometimes not all of us will feel it. We got to warn each other. Better safe than sorry. I mean, that's a common saying, but it's very real at the same time. Yeah. So my cousin was not kind of shook, but like he couldn't, you know, he kept thinking about it all day. Right. And the guy he was with, they get home that night and the guy he's with goes, you know, that was, I was pretty crazy. 
but that's not the craziest thing that's happened to me in the Dominican Republic. Oh, Ooh, what? My how, like, you, how you start that story like that, man? <laughs> yeah, because my cousin's like scared. And then this guy's like, well, I've seen worse. <laughs> and so he's like, he goes, when I first got here, I was sent out to this super remote area. And so there's jungle everywhere. And me and the guy I was with, we had talked to everyone in the village. Like everyone. We knew everyone. So there wasn't like anything new we could do. And then we heard that there was this home way out in the hills. And some people told us, you know, be careful because there's a lot of voodoo like out in the jungle. And, you know, they were two Americans. They were like, whatever, we're good. <laughs> so one day they decide they pack their lunch and they're like, hey, let's go out there. And they make this trek down this path. And they're walking all up into these hills and into this path and into the jungle. And they come around the corner and there's, there's a path in between the trees and there's a fence on each side of the path right up against the trees. And they follow it around and you can't see what's around the corner because the trees are so dense right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they follow this path up and around until finally they see a clearing and up on the top of this hill is a home. Bro, why are you living there? (laughs) I would, bro. I like that remote life. You got that view too, like at the top of the hill. (laughs) Unreal. So they see it and they're like, oh, cool. Like, let's go, let's go see if there's anyone there and see if we can help them out. And they walk up to it and the older guy is like, oh man, it's a voodoo house. <laughs> How did he know? So he walked up to it. There's shells hanging everywhere. <laughs> and he said there was like a line of like salt or dust or something across the front. Just like he knew, you know, he had that feeling. Nope. And it, it took him like an hour to get out there. And so he was like, what do we do? Well, we didn't walk all this way for nothing. So go. Dude. F it. Go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they knock on the door and the door opens and it's this like, hundred year old guy oh and opens it up and i picture like a basset hound droopy eyes you know (laughs) so the door opens and he's just standing there and he like kind of smiles when he looks at him and they explain their whole spiel and stuff doesn't say a word just turns around and waves him in so he walks into the small room and he turns on a lamp and they come in and then he turns off the lamp and it's dark and they can hear him move to the next room and turn on the lamp in there so they follow him to that room. Then he turns off that lamp and they get to the back of the house. So the back of the house is this tiny little sitting place. And he goes and he sits in a chair in the corner and they sit down on like these two stools and they start talking to him. And he's sitting there and he's just kind of shaking his head and he's honestly not really paying attention to him. And they're like, what the heck? And he sits, leans back in his chair into the dark room. There's one lamp that's illuminating this room. And the two, the guys, you know, they're serving with their church. So they're just like inviting them to church and stuff. And, and they're like, Hey, actually we have something we can give you. So they, they reach down into their bag. They move their like flashlight and stuff. And they grab like a pamphlet just in case he had any questions about church. Right. And as they look up out of the corner of their eye, they see someone walk into the room really quick and stand in the center. And so he grabs the pamphlet and he turns to hand it to the man. And as he turns, a woman had walked in the room and she had put her hands on the table and she's leaning in, staring, oh, no. eyes wide, right into their face. So he like turns, oh, like, 
oh gosh uh hi and she's just staring and she's like but her eyes are wide and the the guy who was sitting close closest to him just freezes and kind of like looks at his friend and his friend starts talking so she's staring at him and then she slides to the other guy who's talking with their eyes super wide and just talking. And so they're like, uh, and they look over at the guy in the corner and he's just smiling, sitting back in the dark. <laughs> and so super quickly they were like, all right, let's go. Uh, uh-uh, let's go. Leave the pamphlet and leave. And as they leave, they're like, we're never coming back here again. And both of them were like, did you feel that? And they're like, yeah, I think she put a curse on us, dude. I think that was voodoo. Because they said both of them felt like seized up. They could barely talk, right? Fast forward maybe a month or two. They have nothing to do. It's late in the day. They've already talked to everyone they could think of. They've already done everything they could. They think they're safe. It's been two months. Yeah. It's like... Nothing happened to them. They're good, right? yeah. Yeah. So they're like, dude... Let's, let's just go out there. <laughs> that makes sense. Go back. <laughs> yeah. To that house again. <laughs> yep. The lady and the dude. So I think one of them kind of convinces the other. They're like, okay, let's go. <clears throat> you know, and if we hurry, it, we got to go fast because it's going to get dark soon. So they start on this trek up the path in the jungle, up the hills to this voodoo house. And they get on the path and there's those trees. And like I said before, there was those um, fences and it had like come right up to the trees on each side of the path that had gone up all the way up the hill and around the house. And so the house, there was like a little clearing in the jungle, but behind the house, it was just thick trees, right? So they're on the beginning of this path and they're going down and they're, they're like, we didn't plan this right. Cause it's getting a lot darker, a lot faster than we thought. Hmm. So it's like dusk. <clears throat> Remember I was telling you about those herds of dogs. Yeah. So in, the DR, there's herds of dogs with mange. With mange? Mange. So mange is a disease that dogs get. It huh. like turns them feral. Did you see, didn't you see, like, what do you have seen those in the Philippines, right? Like their eyes go milky white. They lose all their hair. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah, it's called mange. I thought it was just. Gross. The black, poverty. The black, yeah, poverty, dude. What <laughs> disease you got? Poor dog. <laughs> <laughs> No, so there's these herds of like dogs with mange, and I mean, I, dogs. I don't like wild dogs at all. So they're walking down this path, and as they're coming around the corner, they're like getting closer to the house, and it's getting darker. And they're like, "Dude, you know what? Nah, like, what are we doing? Why are we going back here? F this! It's getting dark. Like, let's go back. Both you and I got a feeling we shouldn't go out to this place, right? So like, okay, let's turn around. F this place. So they turn around. They start walking back down the path. Remember those packs of dogs I told you about? Yeah. Yep. They start hearing these barks. Oh, hell no. <laughs> they're like, hold on, shh, wait. And they're listening. And they're like, it sounds like 15 dogs coming up the path. And then they're listening, and it's getting closer. And sometimes the dogs will just go away, you know, they're chasing something. But this sounds like it's coming right at them up the path. So they're like, okay. Let's just go wait at the house and see if we can wait inside for a minute. And they're like, okay. So they turn around and it's getting darker and darker and they start walking up the path. But the dogs are getting closer, faster and faster so that they start trotting. Then they start running 
And then finally, they're sprinting for their lives. And they can hear these dogs. They're like right behind them. And so they're running up the hill. They see the house, but the dogs sound like they're too close. So they just pass the house and go to the back. And one of the guys was faster than the other. So he reached the fence before the other guy. He jumps up onto the fence and starts climbing up. And his bag's hanging down by his hip. And he yells, grab my flashlight. So the other guy runs up and reaches into his bag, grabs his flashlight and tosses it up to him. And he grabs it while he's on the fence and he flicks it on and he points it up into the trees and the beam of light goes up into the trees right above his head. And right in that beam of light, like a foot away from his face is the woman's face and she's staring at him in the tree and her eyes are white and he looks up and <gasps> boom and just falls out of the fence. And they don't even care. They forget about the dogs. Because the other the other guy looks up in the tree and sees the woman's face up into the tree. Holy and she's like hanging God. in the tree and she's muttering, staring at them. And they turn around, no dogs. And they run away. And they never come back. Bruh. <laughs> That's that's scary, dude. That's when I keep climbing the fence and then RKO her from the top <laughs> from the top rope. So you said they noticed like the shells and like the salt uh-huh. around the fence and stuff. Do you think that the people put the salt to keep them in? I don't know, dude. Or they like why else? I don't know. Here's the thing. My aunt, remember she had that story about dogs barking? Yeah. And then it would stop like mm-hmm. in a second. Oh so, yeah. And they're not that's not her son like they're not related i had two separate um the one where she was sleeping in her house yeah her next door neighbor was uh, some type of voodoo priest Mm -hmm. um grandmaster yep wizard and then at night he would just hear bark she would hear bark she said it sounded like dogs killing each other and then all of a sudden yeah like the like the mute button like someone unplugged the speaker yeah not like turned down slow it was like you know nothing yeah yeah so that's like two two of my family members telling me about like them being able to manipulate the sound of dogs and Hmm. and it like corralled them in right creepy so when my cousin told me that we were in the forest at night and we were all laying down in the truck of a bed and he gets that part and he got over us to tell us that last part and all of us were like (laughs) (laughs) that's so crazy man that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like, I'm not down. The thing is, what I've always heard is, like, everything I've heard about, like, spells is that a lot of it depends on how much you believe in it, right? So they have to convince you that it can work first before the spell can actually work. Yeah. But I'm not Sean. I'm inclined to believe, so that stuff terrifies me. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. (sighs) I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you're needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. 
uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So what's funny is I actually have a story that's kind of similar to that without the mistake of going back. So what happens is I'm in the Philippines. I'm with this other guy. We're out in kind of what we call the Bukid. Like we're out in the middle of nowhere and found this this random town just out in the middle of nowhere in the mountains and it's like jungle out there right it's jungle yeah yeah we probably hiked a good hour to find this little town and we're just like well we like walk in like the mayor of the town comes up and he like is like hey how's it going we're like oh how's it going (laughs) we keep walking he just says yo I am the mayor of this town. Yeah. He said, yeah, we're working on this bridge right here. And I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this in the 1900s? Is this in 1912? <laughs> this is uh, actually... And y'all just believed him? <laughs> well, he wasn't the problem. We we like start walking through this little town. There's probably... You could probably walk through the whole thing in 100 yards. Mm-hmm. And we see this lady that's like kind of on the side of the road we get closer to her and she like perks up and she comes over and she's like oh hi i know you guys and we're like what and is this your first time there this is our first time there (laughs) we're out in the middle of nowhere in a remote jungle town yeah she's like i know you guys we're like oh okay and we well we don't know you but (laughs) i'm sean (laughs) um at that point she's like we could use some help, actually. Do you want to come to our house and help us out? And we're like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll come help you out. And we start following her. She kind of leads off. She's about 10 feet in front of us. And we keep following her. About 25 minutes later, we kind of look at each other and we're like, should we keep following her? She's just going deeper in the jungle? She's going deeper in the jungle. No small talk or anything? No. She's not talking to us. Oh. She just kind of started off. Okay. So we what's keep that, following her. What's that meme? Uh, it's a trap. <laughs> Rip. The thought occurred to us. That's why we looked at each other and we're like, hey, should we maybe turn back or like come back later? At that point, she turned around. And she's like, are you coming? Oh, gosh. And we're like, yeah, we're, we're coming. We've been coming. <laughs> We've been coming for the last 25 minutes. So we follow her for another 10, 15 minutes out into the woods or the jungle. And we come to this kind of opening where there's this house that's entirely dilapidated, like old, old house. And she kind of goes around to the side of it. And we follow her. 
she gets to the side and there's this door that's not on the hinge. It's <laughs> propped up against the opening of the house. She opens it and as she opens it, this 90 to 100 year old woman comes walking out. Oh. Just saggy old skin and she has this huge cross around her neck and she just starts i couldn't understand what she was saying and i i could speak the language like i knew what the daughter had said and the mayor had said i couldn't understand what she was saying she like starts coming up to us and starts like getting a little bit louder and then we me and the guy I was with, we just looked at each other again. We're like, hey, we're, we're coming back. <laughs> we're we're going to come back later. And we book it. We just start running. At that point, the daughter calls after us. Hey, come back. We're like, no, I'm not trying to do this right now. <laughs> Did you get like a weird feeling or something? Hello, weird feeling. When the she's, like, the, kind, the thing that kind of set me off, dude, was that huge cross around <laughs> her neck because it wasn't straight up. <gasps> yeah. It was upside down? It was upside down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, hell no. <laughs> was it flaming and like spinning? <laughs> no flames were spinning. But at that point, I was like, no, this is not happening today. Mm. And me and the other guy just start running. We never came back to that down. I have the craziest chills right now, dude. Dude, it was so scary. Like, legit, I felt like she was trying to put a hex on us. Because I couldn't blood. understand what she was saying at all, and I knew what they said. Like, I could speak the language. Mm-hmm. It was so scary. I know this sounds like a joke, but where's, like, the threshold of where, like, you can and can't, like, punch an old lady? <laughs> dude, I don't know. Or, like, a child. When you, uh, <laughs> or Bro, a child, did you dude? ever see The Wicker Man? That's the point where you dude, can punch. He walks up all calm and then right hooks that girl on the beach. Dude, honestly. Real, trying to protect yourself? I don't know. Like, I would have punched that old lady in the tree in the Dominican <laughs> Republic, dude. I think that's a little bit understandable because it's like, you know, that's reacting out of fear. But you want, you don't go in trees at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ma'am? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be up there. <laughs> Maybe if they just talked to her, it would have been understood. I'm probably going to give, and I am like, I always err on the side of like being too polite or whatever. So I'm probably going to end up dead. But I don't know. There's definitely a point where it's like, okay, okay. I think if you make it very clear, like, I'm being triggered right now. <laughs> if you step closer, <laughs> I will swing. <laughs> I guess I guess when you feel like your life is on the line, yeah. why not communicate that? And if they still proceed, yeah, proceed <laughs> with that information, then you have the right Bro, this is one of those benefits of, you know, being homeschooled. I don't understand those social cues. <laughs> Charles, like, I can't tell I'm, if I'm leaving right now. <laughs> dude, what if she just reached out and grabbed you? Oh, no, dude. I would have probably not left hooked her, but <laughs> I would have I would have jerked her arm off as I ran. It like, probably would have come off, dude. <laughs> Rephrase that. I would have jerked her off. <laughs> as I okay. Ran. Dude, wait, real quick. I uh, I was like hanging out with some friends over the weekend, and it, it's two brothers, and one of them just had a baby, <laughs> and one of them has a two year old, and so the newborn they like put him on this like pillow contraption on the ground, 
and set him down. And the two-year-old was sitting on like his dad's lap across the room, right? And the baby starts like just kind of like not crying, but like making noise. And the two-year-old perks up and is like so concerned and looks over at the corner of the room, gets up off his dad, walks over to the corner. And I'm the only adult who saw this. Walks over and he's just standing over the baby, like trying to figure out what it is. And the baby kind of cries again. And the two-year-old goes, and just spits on the baby. And I I was like, oh, I made a noise. And the two-year-old looked at me like, I dare you to say something. It was challenged me, dude. But I would have done that to the old lady. Like she grabbed me. I would just went, like, <laughs> just full on discharge, diarrhea right at her or something, just and try ran. Spinning catcher in the eyeballs. Oh, just get a fear loogie. A fear loogie. <laughs> in the following moments of this episode, we phone in a special guest named Ikaika, a childhood friend of mine. I'm Ikaika Kukui. and I am from Oahu, um, the same island that DJ is from. Yeah, I uh, I was told I had the gift when I was a kid, so you could say I've seen some stuff, mm-hmm. or maybe I didn't see anything. I don't know, but yeah, whatever. It's been real to you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. How old were you when you, I guess, started experiencing seeing things, um, hearing things, whatever? I, I think just like. I don't know, when I was like four or five, like six, like that area, like I remember, I don't know, I always thought I was having these dreams and then like talking to like my grandma or like my mom, like having them like kind of explain like, no, like I was there, like there wasn't anything like I, like the first experience I remember, I remember vividly I was at my house and this guy came to the fence and like we have like a fence outside of our house and he was like, hey, like where's Melody, was my grandma's name. And I was like, oh, she's not home right now, but you can, like, I was, like, five. I was like, yeah, you can come inside. Just, like, you must be, you must be, like, family if you're coming to the house. He's like, no, like, it's all good. Just tell her I love her and that I'll see her. I'll see her again one day. So you just told him. That's weird. Wait, wait. So you just told him that he could come inside and you're, like, five years old. Are you home alone? Yeah, I was. I don't know. I don't know. Back back in the day, like, those kind of things were, like, okay. And even in Hawaii, those kind of things are, like, sure. I grew up on the west side in Anakuli and like it's all homestead and like pretty much like everyone around there is like pretty friendly like my my grand uncle lived next door to us and he looked this guy like looked like him mm. so I was like oh he must be like one of the like he told me who he was he's like oh my name's John I should have said that he's like oh my name's John I'm your your I'm Melody's brother and I was like oh cool but yeah I was like five I was like yeah just come inside <laughs> and uh He's like, no, 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 it's like, it's okay. And he wasn't touching the fence or anything, but he was like standing there and he's like, oh, like tell her I love her and that I'll see her again one day. I was like, that's okay. I was like, bye. And then, so he like walked away or I like turned around and went back in the house. And then like, so I'm just like doing what a five-year-old does. I don't know, I was playing with toys or something. And my grandma comes home with my mom there. She's like, she gets a, uh, she checks like the messages, you know, like back in the day we used to have like a message machine box. Yeah, yeah. And there was like a message from one of her sisters saying that, that, um, John had died. Ooh. Her brother John had died. And so my grandma's like crying. And I'm like asking, I was like, why are you crying? And so she like tells me, like, oh, like my brother died. My brother John, like you haven't met him. I was like, no, I just saw him. Whoa. 
And she was like, what? I was like, no, like he was just here. Like I just, I was just talking to him. And so she was like tripping out. And then I was like, I didn't, I, I don't know, maybe it was because I was five. I didn't really understand. But she like told me this story like years later that like I'd said that to her. My grand uncle would always like mess with us. Well, I thought he was messing with us, but I guess he wasn't like, they they would tell stories about how him and my grandma would like still talk to their mom and she would like come to the house and like hang out in the yard and i'd go to like sit down on a bench and he's like no no don't sit there tutu's sitting there i was like okay i'll move over i was like oh i'll just go i'll go sit on a different bench and like say stuff like that it's like it's a trip yeah so like there's a handful of these experiences that you were having growing up and then when you were older those got more intense yeah i mean so it was weird i don't know i'd say like in high school it was like little things here and there but then like when i was in mtc like i had a really gnarly experience gnarly experience that was kind of like the peak of my paranormal experiences in this next part ikaiko details an experience that takes place in the missionary training center or mtc each missionary is assigned another missionary where they work as a team to study plan and teach with each other so i was in the mtc uh i was learning two languages at the time so i had to i had to be there for three months which is way too long to be stuck in that building with a bunch of dudes <laughs> um and it was just like i don't know it's pretty hectic like leading up to this i was having nightmares about like us not getting our visas in time being stuck or like our plane going down and like us blowing up or like being stuck in the middle of the ocean. So I was having like these super gnarly dreams. About it. And then, um, this one night, so like we got bored and we were in the middle of this prank war and me and my companion were like the nutsest guys on our floor. Cause that was the Hawaiian kid. And he was a kid that lives in Hawaii. So we were kind of, I don't know, nobody wanted, we, we were like calling everybody out all the time. And so I left my room unlocked and I was, pretty much like a challenge guys like hey if you want to try and do something bring it so maybe i was asking for something to happen but so yeah so i like turned off the light for our hallway and i was the last one to go to sleep and it was probably like 11 ish like a lot later than we're supposed to go to sleep we had a double room it was a pretty long room but it was just one companionship so me and my companion both wanted to sleep on our own bunk beds like we both wanted bottom bunk obviously so like the layout of the room is it was like a pretty long room and i had a bed right next to the door and then he had a bed his bed was probably like 20 feet away from mine and then his bunk bed was in the back but his bed was right next right across from this little window we had and the little window had like a little you know how they had like they used to have like these street light things on at the mtc yeah and you could see a little bit of that light coming through the window so you could kind of see like his bed so it was like very faint amount of light in my room. And so like I was trying to go to sleep and I was just like closing my eyes and probably like an hour had gone by. Um, and I was just kind of cruising there and I heard my door handle turn. And so I'm like laying in my bed, like my head is pretty much on the wall where the door is, where the door is and the door opens in. So I'm sitting there. And I, I can see the door open. Like, I can hear it, the handle, it open. I can see someone walk into the room and then, like, with its back to the door, like, close the door. And I was sitting there. I was, like, in my mind, I'm, like, in prank more mode. So I'm thinking, like, oh, who is this guy? And what is he going to try and do? 
And at first, I was even thinking, like, I'm going to scare them because they probably think I'm asleep. But I don't know. I, like, I was, like, laying in my bed with my head just, like, facing straight up at the top of my bunk. And as I tried to, like, turn, like, my body toward the door, I, like, couldn't move. Uh, I just started thinking about it. I, like, started panicking. I was like, ah, oh, this is so weird. And then the, the thing, like, turned over, like, about faced right in front of me. And I just got this super evil, like, feeling. I'm getting mean chicken skin right now. And uh, I got this, like, like gnarly feeling. And um, it, like, turned over and it, like, leaned over me. So it was, like, like standing over me. And I, like, couldn't move. I couldn't, like, I was trying to, like, say something. Because, like, it was... Maybe, like, a week before that, we had talked about how in Tahiti, there's where I went on my mission. There's a lot of um, stuff where you have to, like, they teach us about, like, casting out spirits and all that. Because I guess that happens in, in Polynesian places, who would have thought. And so I was tripping out, and um, the only thing I could move was my head. And so it's just standing out. You can, like, I could feel it, like, looking at me. I was just like, well, what do I do? And I remembered I had this picture of uh, Ariel, the little mermaid, that my friend had drawn me. And so I, like, in my peripherals, I could see it. And so I was, like, looking at that for comfort. Wait, could you explain that just a little bit more? (laughs) Yeah, so, um, no, just because I I couldn't move, but I could move my eyes. No, no, like the the mermaid, like like the little mermaid. (laughs) Uh, One of the girls that I was writing while I was on my mission, had a, uh, she got me a picture, like a coloring book picture of Ariel and like drew on it or, um, and like colored it in. So I had that, but I had to, cause it wasn't MTC approved, you know, she's in a bikini. So I had to like put like a shirt on her and stuff, <laughs> but I had this on my wall, like right next to my bed. And that was like, Ariel saved so me. <laughs> I was looking at this thing, this picture of Ariel for comfort. And it did not help, but it was there. <laughs> and I think it's important for the story. So I always include it. No, you're but, good. You're good. Um, so, like, so back to me sitting there, I'm just, like, tripping out. And so I just keep thinking in my head, like, oh, we, like, like say, I keep repeating, like, you have to leave. Like, you don't belong here. Like, you need to leave. And I, like, couldn't say anything. But I guess after, like, this probably went on for, like, five minutes. It, it felt, like, way longer than that. But I'm assuming it was just five minutes. After that time, it, like, I felt, you know how when someone's just, like, irritated? Like, I felt like this this personage just was getting irritated that I wasn't, that I was trying to, like, fight it off. So it stood back up and, like, turned turned back and started walking down my, um, down my room toward my companion's bed. And at this point, I felt like I, could, I couldn't still move, but I could, like, bring my head up a little bit. And, um... And I, I felt it walking down to my companion's bed. And so the thing is, the light gets brighter as I'm going. So as it's walking, I'm starting to see more of this, like, personage, like a full-on, but it was just like a black, like a black thing. And so I was tripping out, and it's walking toward my companion. And he's, he's, like, snoring super loud. And so it does the same thing. It goes to his bed, turns, and, like, bends over. And as soon as it bends over, my roommate stops, um, my companion stops snoring. And like goes completely silent, oh. and I was just like, "Oh no, he's dead!" <laughs> and so I was like, trying like in my head, I was like, "Who? 
like, what do I tell? What do I tell them? Like, oh, some dark thing, like killed, killed Cosby. Um, and so, so like same thing. I'm like still repeating in my head, just like, oh, like you have to leave, like you can't be here. And this probably went on for another five minutes. So I'm guaranteed thinking in my head, like, oh, he's dead. He's for sure dead. And then again, I can like this person is just kind of like projecting like irritation and like gets like stand straight back up. And right when I see him stand straight up, he looks, he like turns his body back toward me and like in a rush, like I had my head kind of tilted up and I dropped back to my bed and you could, I could see it sprinting at me now. So I like, I shat my pants metaphorically, but so it like ran back to me and was standing above my bed again. I like got words out and I was like, leave. All I, all I could say was leave. And then just like this, with that irritated, um, like emotion again, reach for the door, open the door. It like it got one last look at me and then slammed the door. Like in a, in a dark building where everyone's asleep, I feel like somebody would have heard it, but just slammed the door and I passed out. Next thing I know, my companion's like shaking me to wake up because we woke up. Our alarms didn't go off and he was like waking me up because we were, it was like nine o'clock. And so I was just like, oh, like I was, initially I was relieved because he was alive. And I was like, sick, like you're not dead. That's cool. And then I was like asking him, I was like, hey, like do you, did you notice anything weird last night? He's like, no, like I, I had a weird dream that some, like he, like that was a trippy part. I don't think I told you this part. He said he had a dream that somebody was like trying to choke him, but he fought him off, which also like kind of tripped me up. But then he was like, other than that, it was fine. And he's like, Hey, we got to go. And so I like told him what happened. He like lost it. That's wild that he had a dream about that. Cause even if you were dreaming about it, it's like both of you had a similar dream where someone was trying to like hurt you or something. No, it was crazy. And, like, I told my teachers the next day, I was like, hey, like, this thing happened last night. And they're just like, oh, gnarly. That's all they said. <laughs> like, it was no big deal. When you were young, who told you you had the gift? Uh, my grandmother told me that initially. And did she, like, teach you what that meant, what that was? Um. Well, no. Like, all she really said was, like, you're going to, like, there's going to be stuff in life that you're going to see that you can't really explain. Mm. And that's going to be, that's going to be the kind of stuff. Would you say your grandma had the same gift where she was sensitive to these kind of things? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I never got the chance to really like ask her about a lot of stories, but she like just little things. Like I watched her supposedly our house is on a night monster path. Hey, we know about and, that. Uh, she, like, I remember as a kid, like, looking up and watching her, like, let out this kind of, like, orb of light, like, out of our house. So she, like, guided it out of the house. Yeah. And let it go. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Damn, it was a dude. trip. And I don't know. Dude, that's gnarly, man. Yeah. That's wild, dude. Dude, the sides, uh, that that main story is crazy, but, like. How he just lashed on that last little bit is like, oh yeah, and our house was on a night marcher path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like 18 things I want to address in his in his story. But have you guys? So you, we've all had sleep paralysis. Sean, have you had it? No. Okay, not Sean. Jokes. Everyone in our group has had it except Sean. Yeah. Just so, for the record. So spirits out there, 
<laughs> do us a favor right. um <laughs> yeah hit your boy sean gasway have, <laughs> have you ever seen like the black shapes i have okay i have two but it's always like cloudy yeah it's never like, clear like how he described mm-hmm. for me it's always like a it's there the lines are blurred it's more like a shadow yeah i haven't had it in a long time like i've had sleep paralysis but i haven't seen the shadow part of it for a long time hmm. and it's mainly when i was like a teenager i'd see it standing at the foot of my bed or at the side of my bed hmm. but his how it it felt so like it had so much life he said that he said that it ran at him that Dude. doesn't happen during sleep paralysis to my knowledge yeah i've never heard of anything like that or it leaned in and like he could see the outline right i i, I don't know but he couldn't see like a face or anything like that that's it's just like a black form yeah Dude, trippy dog. Terrifying. Yeah. And so he said that he he challenged. He put out a challenge. Is that what that was? I was, it, was a, it was a prank war between all the other missionaries. Yeah, so he's challenging humans. Okay, and, okay. But yeah, maybe something else heard that challenge. He's dude. calling them out. He's like, yo, if you want to prank me, like, try me. See what happens. <laughs> Lucifer's like, I got this. Bro, yeah, because that's what I heard. I heard that he was throwing out a challenge, you know, Satan or something. I was like, yeah. nah. <laughs> Dude, one time when we were like ghost hunting in this abandoned uh, mental hospital, <laughs> I told Jordan I was filming him and he got all brave for a second and he's like, if you're out there, give us a sign. And I was like, damn, dude. I was behind the camera. I was like, what are you doing, dog? And then he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Why did I say that? <laughs> But yeah, I'm not I'm not one to like challenge anything like bro, that. Bro, if the devil wants to dance with you, okay. you better say never because a dance with the devil might last you forever, dude. Thank you. Thank you, Shout Immortal Technique. Immortal, immortal Technique. <laughs> and I was young William. <laughs> Had dreams of making Primary concern. <laughs> that song impacted me. Dude, that song's so heavy. That, sure? that and Stan. Dude. There are two songs... <laughs> Okay, one of my uh, favorite things is, uh, uh, we're all nerds on this podcast, bro, um, but one of the ways, actually, <laughs> actually, uh, one of the ways I connected with Charles when I first met him was through our love for music, mainly like hip hop, Yeah, and uh, we had the same taste, especially like in our high school years. Mm-hmm underground type we listen to a lot of angsty like a lot of people like a lot of kids listen to like angsty punk like blink or whatever (laughs) for us it was like angsty hip-hop yeah so underground rappers like immortal technique jedi mind tricks star yeah dude um and there's two songs that come to mind that have really dark themes that really like changed (laughs) our perspective i don't know it changed me dude like, as a kid, I was like, there are, like, when I heard these songs, I just thought, there are, like, evil people yeah. <laughs> out there. Not everyone's good. It's I a story you don't commonly hear. It's not a story that's commonly told, because it's so dark, especially when you're a child. So, to be exposed to, like, that theme at that young age, it was like, damn, like, this is this is wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the first song is Dance with the Devil by Immortal Technique. Immortal Technique. And the second one is Stan by Eminem. <laughs> I heard that on the radio, dog. I like unplugged my radio, my little <laughs> alarm clock. Because like at the end, bro, when it like, all comes together and stuff, I was like, oh, I couldn't handle it. It was too much. 
<laughs> that alarm clock radio though. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, thank you everyone. It's 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 humbling getting so many people coming up to me and just being like, "Hey, I listened to your podcast." So, we really appreciate it out there. If you guys ever have any ideas, you ever have any stories, we want to hear them. Send them to us. You can email them, you can DM them. Our email is 3ampodcaststories at gmail.com. Or you can just DM on Instagram, 3am.podcast. Look us up. No, definitely thanks. Thanks for listening, and thanks for all of your feedback as well. We love people messaging us, letting us know what we can do better, or uh, just reaching out and telling us stories. We love that. Yeah. In the meantime, trust your gut and watch your back. Hey. Hey. Thank you, everyone. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. True terrors of horror bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart, It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.